Hey Curious Conneries, Dylan here. We just want to give you a heads up that the following program contains conversation relating to topics that may or may not include physical and sexual assault and self-harm and mistreatment of different cultures. We are in no way condoning these things. But given that Sean Connery has acted in films going back many years, they've tended to come up. To spin a phrase from Disney, many of these films include negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures that were certainly wrong then and are definitely wrong now. But rather than not discuss this content, we'd like to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and create conversation for a richer future. Stay curious, folks. And now, on to our show. This this is Arvind Kushner. I'm... uh, Please watch... A fine Madness, watch this podca- podcast, L- listen to A Fine Madness, watch Connery Curious. Be Connery Curious. I was Connery Curious when I, re- when I directed Never Say Never Again Again. Was that the title or did I direct it twice? If I did direct it twice, it meant there was more story to tell, more drama. This is Irving Kirshner wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I play the didgeridoo! Connery Curious! Zion! Last Crusade! You'll end up twice! And the Anderson tapes! Murder on the Orient Express! You never know what the wheel's gonna spin next! Barney and a woman of straw! And a woman man in Africa! We are curious of a film Dylan Titus. Mario Lima. What's going on? Oh, not much. I've just been going a little bit crazy. A little bit crazy? Why Why do you say that? Well, I guess that would be because of today's film. I would say it's fine. I, sorry, I'm just getting right into it. <laughs> how, how, I, would, I would say it'd be fine, but... It's fine that I'm going a little crazy? It's fine that you go a little mad. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm mad at you. Oh, well, that's why. Is it because, uh, is it because I played by Didgeridoo earlier? It is. It is. And, you know, not because I don't love the sound of a Didgeridoo, but mainly that you didn't invite me. Sorry. I got I got here to the podcast, and you're like, ah, oh, Dylan, I just put my didgeridoo away. Next time, I'll bring it over, and we'll jam out on our didgeridoo. <laughs> you and I should start a band. <laughs> okay. I'll also play didgeridoo. Ooh. Uh, and, so but, we'd have a didgeridoo Wait. Mine will be a synthesizer. Oh. So. They make those? Together. We will be the all-original digital aborigine didgeridoo duo. Wow. That's a, that's a, I can see the merch now. Right? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Not just a didgeridoo but a lot oh, that's more. A, that's my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Did you redo? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just two didgeridoos connected at like the 
90 way 90 percent of the way up there's just like a, a you know a little connecting lever that has, so they just run as legs that has googly eyes yes <laughs> one, one per leg use <laughs> uh. <News> blow <laughs> And but anyways, the enemy Pokemon is <laughs> is made confused, or paralyzed, put to sleep, <laughs> poisoned. It's poisoned because the didgeridoos are known to paralyze people when you play uh, them. The didgeriduo is a poison Pokemon. <laughs> a poison for your ears. That's like listening to the all original Aborigine Didgeridoo Digital Duo. I messed it up. That's like listening to the all original Digital Aborigine Didgeridoo Duo without earmuffs. <laughs> oh, Cut man. print. <laughs> Perfect. But, anyways, man, uh, we'll talk about our Didgeridoo band off the air. Till then, we got to talk about 1966, a fine. Madness. A fine madness. Very fine. Wow, Super sorry to, fine. Sorry to just get right in. Usually we do a little bit of banter. Oh no! I'll get back to the banter. How are you today, Mario? Tell me I'm, about your day. I'm great. I'm doing great. Tell I, me about your day. What did I do? I woke up. Uh, I, I admittedly watched this movie this morning. I uh, had a great time. I ordered a sandwich. And then... What kind of sandwich? It was a sausage... Pepper, a little bit of cheese. It was really good. Mm. Sounds delicious. It was delicious. Mm. Um, yeah, and it kind of hung around. What'd you do today? I spent some time uh, applying uh, uh, print transfers to hats. Oh. Yes, it was a task. Not an overwhelming task. It was just a task. A task. That required doing, so I did it. And I had the leftover uh, of a burger with onions and bacon and cheese and lettuce. That sounds way better. That I made last night. That sounds really good. It was better yesterday. You make good burgers. Thank you. I like those burgers. Thank you. Come over for a burger sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. This is the first one we've done in a while separated from each other. Well, we've, we've done so many. Well, the Rock. The Rock was the Rock, recently. We, that's uh, right. The Rock. The Rock was. We were away. separated, but we were together for the last one for Rising Sun. Mm. We were together, and then we were together for uh, Outland. That's right. And. Then we were not together for Doctor No. Yes. So it's kind of been it's been a, a mix. Off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not not as not it as often. It feels like I don't. I, maybe it's because our schedule's been off a little bit. Probably it feels like we've we've been mostly in each other's company, but now I think it's because again. this this Zoom quality has gotten so good. I feel like you're in the room. Mm. Mm. Did you mm. smell the fart? I just I did. I, did. I wasn't gonna say anything. Good. Okay. I wanted to make sure that you could smell it. Thank you. I farted right into my microphone, and now I'm rubbing my eyeball against it. I'm sure nothing will come of that. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be okay. 
Uh, but anyways, man, A Fine Madness. A Should fine we get into madness. this? 1966's A Fine Madness. That is what the wheel graced us with last week. Let's get into it, Mario. What did you think of A Fine Madness? Uh, I thought it was fine. Madness. I also thought it was fine. Just fine. Like, not fine as in, like, a finely tuned instrument, but it was just, like, fine. This is fine. fine. Yeah, it was it was it was fun at times. It's a very out of character Connery, just the most different I've ever seen him. Yeah, this is definitely the most different we've seen Connery. Yeah, it's like because this is I think we we said that last week. We're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a comedy. And we didn't know how um, a Connery, a a Connery, Connery, Uh, Connery, Connery. Oh, I like that. But yeah, going into the Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah, do you do cover? Do cover the business. The business here, thirty-three percent on the tomato meter. Okay. Audience score matched it at thirty-three as well. Okay. Do you agree with that? Um. Well, we'll I give our th- ratings later, obviously. But do you agree yeah, with that? But I, I, I think I disagree with that. I think it was, um. Uh, not not much higher, I guess, but it's like we'll we'll get the details. Like it was, I was really laughing at some points, yes, and really confused at some points, and really tripping out sometimes. I'm like, man, this is like a this is a real movie. This is actually a thing. Uh, but <laughs> this, is thought, <laughs> this is actually a movie. This is this is actually a movie. This is real. Uh, what'd yeah, you think, there were man? many moments. There were many moments where I thought to myself, "Boy, this is real. This is uh, this is real." Also, this feels like a wicked, like jobber film. Like, it's just a film made for the sake of making a film. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It didn't need to exist. <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I don't know. It's. It's an interesting film, and to be honest, I ha- I've of the four ratings that we do, I've only marked down the sexy rating. I have to think about the others. I don't have to think about the sh, but yeah, um, but th- I have to think about what I think of Sean and what I think of the film. Yeah, uh, I watched most of it last night, and I got to a point where I I just had to go to bed, so I finished it uh, a couple hours ago, and. Yeah, I've got a good amount of notes on this film. I'm looking Ooh. forward to discussing it. Let's let's discuss it. Let's let's get into it. Should we should we begin the Wikipedia summary as usual? Let's do it. Okay. A Fine Madness is a 1966 American Technicolor comedy film based on the 1964 novel by Elliot Baker that tells the story of Samson Shilito, a frustrated poet unable to finish a grand tome was directed by Irvin Kirshner, which I'm sure will have no bearing on this episode. Uh, stars Sean Connery in the midst of his James Bond roles. Uh, Joanne Woodward, Gene Seberg, 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 Patrick O'Neill, and Clive Revel. All right, I'll get into the plot. Plot it up. 
Oh, actually, let me do the uh, the the trailer voice Wikipedia. Samson Shilato, mad genius of a poet, irresistible to women, but plagued by writer's block, agrees to see a psychiatrist and his beautiful wife. That's really... I, I get it. It makes sense how it's phrased, but it's also really uneventfully phrased. <laughs> like he's got... Like, is he going to see the psychiatrist's wife or his own wife? Anyway. All right, let's go to the wiki plot. Um, we'll go, we'll go a couple paragraphs at a time like we usually do. Yep. Samson Shilato, played by Sean Connery, a poet, lives in Greenwich Village area of New York City with Rhoda, played by Joanne Woodward, a waitress who stands by him through all his troubles. When Samson cannot find the inspiration to finish his latest poem, he becomes belligerent and depressed. Samson is continuously pursued by a debt collector after his late alimony payments to a previous wife. If Samson doesn't pay, he will be arrested. Samson eventually assaults a police detective who accompanies the debt collector. Samson has other troubles when he loses his job as an office cleaner when he has sex with a secretary, Sue Ann Langdon, while his carpet cleaning machinery fills the office with soap suds. However, Samson does earn a $200 fee for doing a recital of poetry, of his poetry, excuse me, to a woman's group that ends in disaster. On Samson's behalf, but unknown to him, Rhoda seeks the help of psychiatrist Dr. West, played by Patrick O'Neill, who claims to be able to cure writer's block. Um... Uh, Rhoda gives Rhoda gives Dr. West the $200 she collected for Samson's lecture to treat Samson for what she fears will become suicidal depression if he can't finish his poem. Dr. West reluctantly agrees to see him, and when Samson confronts the doctor about the return of the money, West is fascinated by Shilato and persuades him to become a patient. In order for Samson to be away from the chaos of his life in the city that he might finish his poem, Dr. West arranges a stay for him in a sanitarium upstate. All right. I was trying to decide if the that paragraph was a good place to stop or not, but I decided That's to perfect. read it. All right. I think that pretty much encapsulates most of the plot where we need to be mm. uh, because that covers, like, the first like, hour of the movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, okay. So let's just get into our notes. Did you keep some notes for this one? I got a few notes here, yes. All right, I got almost a full page of of notes. Whoa. Yeah, I had a lot to th- say about this film. All right. And I have a shitload of screenshots. Ooh. Um, so I should maybe share my screen with you for that one. Cool. All right. Can you see this? I can see it. Cool. All righty. Okay, so my first note is that the the title is... The first title we see is Sean Connery. Yep. And the first image we see in the film is his face at 1 minute 24 seconds. So, and it's a still shot of him that eventually becomes... It pulls out and it reveals that he is in bed pondering, thinking about his poem. And 
the first thing he does is try to hit his wife. Oh, he does hit her. Not his wife, his girlfriend. He does hit her, right? That's the first thing he does is hit her. Uh, he misses. It's like the he, it's it's a, it's a pillow. And... But either way, so much time. Oh yes, yes, because he threw the whole thing. He's missing hitting her. Yeah, that's, that's the whole, that's that's the the whole great thing. gag at the end. Whoop de doo. Oh boy, yeah. Um, folks, we put that. Uh, we put that warning at the beginning of every episode for a reason, and uh, if you need to, please refer back to it, because this episode may be a little triggering, and if we're going to talk about this film, there's no way we can't talk about the things that go on in it, Yeah, because it's a bit problematic. This is a problematic film. Mm. Would you say this is our most problematic film yet? Um, Probably. I mean, all of them kind of had a little something. Not all of them, but um, this was probably up there. But more, uh, to to one too many free radicals. If I was to say that, there's there's more to this one than anything else. Yeah, would you say it's worse than Action of the Tiger? Probably because more of him in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so at least he gets a little redeemed at the end of Tiger because of the boat entrance that we always talk about. Um, even that Connery's better than this Connery uh, behavior-wise. Yeah, this Connery literally gets no redemption because of the, the last thing he does in this movie is hit a woman. Yeah. Spoilers. I uh, can't wait to see how the Wikipedia article is going to handle that. Um. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first thing that happens, is he attempts to hit her for waking him up out of, while he was already awake, but he would, the words were almost there. Um, then, uh, I really like the layout of their apartment. Yeah, I had a note about that. Yeah, with the weird, like, that one window that connects, and, like, you can put, like, a clothesline there, like, kind of trees in there, like, what a weird design but very interesting it must be either a horseshoe shape or like just a weird nook in the building i don't know either way it's really cool yeah because you think about like yeah because you go outside to the front door and it's all like a wall and the stairs so it's like what's the point of that little area little courtyard It, it, it was only used for one scene when he's trying to race out of there because they're leaving. Yeah. And we get that nice shot of them uh, talking to, from the from one side of the apartment to the other through the window. That's the only time it's utilized. You see it and, in the beginning. And yeah. I, as soon as I saw it in the beginning, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah. then it's they didn't utilize it until that scene where... The, the only other time they kind of utilize it in a way is differently when the cop, like, randomly shows up and then, like... um. Uh, what's her name? Rhoda. Rhoda, like, kind of... Oh, she's on the bed with the ankle? Yeah, like, kind of kicks him out, and she thinks that they're gone. Barks but at him? Yeah, barks at him and, like, shoes him off, and she thinks that they're gone, and she can't get up his leg, obviously, and they're mm. still fucking around on either side of the apartment searching for where yes. his whereabouts are. So they they utilize a couple times, but, like, yeah, it's very, very interesting uh, layout for uh, an apartment. I actually made a comment 60 styles heart 
Uh, I just love the uh, like there was that one scene when you first uh, meet uh, the psychiatrist and his wife, um, mm. Dr. Dr. West. Uh, so you meet Dr. Dr. West and see his kind of living situation where he's like, you know, you could tell they're having marital problems blah, blah, yes. with the kids going nuts and the bus. But I just love the aesthetic of the apartment when they move on to the living room. And he comes in. It's just beautiful. And like, I'm a big fan of like. I watch uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is take takes place in the same yeah, yes. like, years, like '60s, '70s. So it's like I love that aesthetic of like '60s New York is the coolest. Nicole and I watched the first season of that of uh, Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Well, we watched a hand. We watched the first like five or six episodes. How many? It's like I don't know. Either way, we we didn't watch all of it, but we watched most of the first season and then all of a sudden i think it was like i think we got up to like episode five or something and then we get to episode six and we can't follow it at all we have no idea what the fuck is happening in this show and we watched the full episode still completely confused but like okay it's doing something here what's it doing let's wait till the next episode to see what the deal is and then we realized we had started episode six or whatever of season two. Oh. <laughs> we just skipped a shitload of episodes. <laughs> they're doing something creative here. Let's see what they're going for here. <laughs> she looks two years older for some reason, but let's see what they're doing. Why are they at a, like a camp now or whatever? Oh, that's a good season, the camp stuff. Uh, so, uh, Shazam shows up in that in that season. Spoilers. Oh, Zach Levy, yes, yes. Zach Levi's in there. That's fantastic, and he he looks like someone out of the sixties, which is kind of cool. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so if, I think as a whole, we preferred Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, Gilmore Girls is is dope. But I just like that, just the aesthetic, and you know, Oh she, yeah, it's a beautiful aesthetic. You know, Miss Maisel, she's just super attractive. Like every outfit she has on, right. I, I just love like that po- polka dots and and that's that's my weakness. That's my weakness. But yeah, it's that's that's a fun show. But yeah, so going back to this, I love the aesthetic of everything and mm. like this old school New York. Connery in New York, man, like this is awesome. Like, even like skipping kind of to the end, mm. him just walking on like the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm. What is that a was cool a nice shot? Scene. And yeah, dancing him and yeah. chucking his briefcase in the air. Yeah, like uh, as if everything might not fall out and hit him on the head. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this Connery in New York and in, 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 in general was really cool, and kind of having a sort of New York accent under his Scottish accent, which was very interesting. I made a note of. Again, this is a connery we have never seen before 007 in new york is a short story written by ian fleming featured added at the end of the collection octopussy in the living daylights well this, there we go this is the live action 007 in new york yeah james bond traveling as david barlow dr david banner physician scientist mr barlow sorry well, also before we started watch, before I started watching A Fine Madness, Nicole and I watched because we've been watching Sex in the City. Oh yeah, and we're we're kind of obsessed with Kim Cattrall, <laughs> and okay. we were wick, we were reading her uh, wiki and and IMDb page, and we found out that she's in an episode of The Incredible Hulk. So <laughs> really, I, so yeah, I rented that from the library and watched it, and it turns out I had seen that episode before. She it's called Kindred Spirits, and she plays. 
um uh like an archaeologist um and she recognizes banner because he like came and taught at her school for a day or two oh here um, I, I just found a screenshot of it i think oh my god it's brilliant um i'll stop sharing if you need me to um uh go ahead if you want to share that oh sure. um yeah, he's he's on it. She and and her boss are on an archaeological dig, and they find like um, remnants of a Hulk creature. So Banner comes and tries to. Wait, why am I here? Oh, at the IMDb. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's the typical episode of the Hulk, but she knows who he is. Damn. So it adds a little more tension. Um, because he's supposed to be on the run. I love and, the and every episode. Every episode, he's got a different B name. He's always David B something. David B Good. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, <laughs> like David Barlow or David Belton or David Beckham. Banyan or something. You know what I mean? Like it's always yeah, David Beckham. <laughs> uh, James Bond traveling as David Barlow is going through customs and immigration at New York's Idlewild Airport. Uh, he has flown on BAOC's Monarch flight from London and estimates that the FBI or CIA will not detect him in the 24 hours he will, he will be spending in New York. His mission is to warn a young woman who used to be a first-class staff officer for the Secret Service that the American authorities are getting close to finding out that she is cohabiting with a KGB agent. Oh, shit. That's pretty That's pretty good. That's, that's dope. Yeah. Hmm. I need to read that one. Um... <clears throat> okay uh so yeah connery in new york is great what do you think of connery's hairpiece uh yeah it was it was uh, sl- slightly different a little longer i think uh, it looked like shit i thought it was I'm like pretty sure it was a hairpiece right you, that definitely was a hairpiece right i think I, yeah, I think we confirmed didn't we confirm that he had a piece in dr no yeah so yeah this has got to be i'm looking at the picture of him it's like yeah, him at the actual um, performing. He's a he's at like Madcap Night, and he's like doing poetry. Uh, you could tell the the little the line there. The Thank hair. you. For, give it up for Tim Batty and Nate Casolino. <laughs> I'm Samson Shilato. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, but yeah, you could tell it's it's uh, the hairline looks a little messed up for sure. Yeah, I, I it it was Lego hair. <laughs> you know, it didn't. It did. It looked like his "You Only Live Twice" wig. Mm. Like when he becomes Japanese. Oh, you just turned the lights on. Yes. Ah, right. uh, yes, I can change. Yes, I can change the color of my lights with my phone as well. Oh, magic! Look, I'll do it. What color you want me to change my lights to? Ah, uh, blue. Blue. Oh, you. you yes, I'll do that right now. Blue. Look at that. I'm blue, and oh. I'm a D. I'm a die. Now listen up, here's a story about a little guy that lives in a blue world and all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue, like him, inside and outside. Blue his house and a blue little window with a blue corvette and everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around because he ain't got nobody to listen. To listen. <laughs> I'm blue and I'm a D, I'm a die. Okay. What a great episode. <laughs> Um, what other notes do we have? Give me, give me more of your notes. Uh, I had like uh, 
let's see. So I had, let's see. So I'll, I'll, I'll just read off all my notes for stuff we already had. Yeah, for stuff we've covered. Uh, first frame is Connery's eyebrows. So that, that's yeah. kind of cool. The first thing we see. Uh, I s- had a small list of like his insults. The first word he says is he calls his girlfriend a granite head. Uh, he's real mean to her. He, he's mean to everybody. He goes outside and that old lady is like sun tanning. And, and he says, have a nice sunstroke, Mrs. Agolini. Uh, and then he gets to work, uh, and I laughed out loud because when the <laughs> when the elevator doors open, that satellite is there, and my geeky ass thought that was a probe droid from Star Wars. <laughs> dude, all right, I've got a note on that. All right, let me let me whittle my notes away to get to that because I have two others. Uh, it was hairpiece oof. That was my note. Okay, hairpiece oof, and then banana steel. The way he just. Casually snack, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> pin- pinches the top of that banana and takes it. But then, yeah, at six minutes eighteen seconds, droids, because <laughs> you see the satellite, and then you see the vacuum with the like the soap tank, and thinking of Irvin Kershner. As soon as <laughs> I'm not gonna tr- even attempt that voice, um, but as soon as the elevator opens up, I just thought Robocop one. Robocop 2. <laughs> the satellite is Robocop 1, and the vacuum is Robocop 2. Yeah, I think the idea was he had the the, the, the soap machine and uh, like a tank behind him. And it's like, I'm just picturing him like he's he's taking those to like Tashi Station. To, to pick up some power converters. I'm going to pick up some power converters and I'm going to shell these two droids to the Jawas. And that's <laughs> how we got R5. Ro- the robot chicken sketch that's like Tashi Station is proud to present the power converters. It's a bunch of strippers. Yeah, that's where Luke goes. <laughs> trying to pick up some powers and converters. Genius. <laughs> the robot chicken Star Wars is more genius than the actual movie. It's uh, oh, it's so good. Well, I quote also, it all when the time. you think about it, they're like 15 years old at this point. So like, yeah, the, the Star Wars commentary has been around for so long at this point. Like the jokes have all been made. Yeah, and, but and the way Ro- Robot Chicken took it to a level, though. Oh, it this, was the best. To this day, every time I see like him put in a game or in some image, Yariel Poof is still my favorite <laughs> Jedi. In the shop it is. When I was Yaddle, it's like, it's like oh, oh, I got, yeah. it's like, uh, it's like mm, get lunch, we should, Yariel Poof should get pizzas. And then he's like, like, but I got the coffee yesterday, yet to be reimbursed. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, love, what happened? He shows up with the pizza, and they're all dead. <laughs> but he sees, he's like hot dogging in the seats, like, oh, master of everything I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shows up later. He's working on the Death Star in the cafeteria. Yeah, and Vader shows up. <laughs> with Palpatine. He's like, wait a second. I sense a disturbance here. You, you didn't, didn't get us any crackers. Magic? No, you didn't get us any crackers. Uh, <laughs> He's so getting good. the soup. He's like, oh, ladle, ladle. That's a funny word. Yeah, ladle. <laughs> oh, I love the robot uh, chicken Star Wars. Yeah, you those are great. And crackers. the Family Guy ones are pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Those are good, too. But, uh, too good. Too good. But, yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of droids around this office. Yes. Uh, the uh, only other uh, note I had about uh, I had our first uh, Bond moment. He says Longfo- Longfellow, Hank Longfellow. Yep, I wrote that as well. I need your name for our records. Longfellow, Hank Longfellow. 
I'm Miss Wild Nikki. Hi. Why did you call me Pouty Mouth? And that had to be because he was still playing Bond. It had to be. It was like a little nod. I guarantee it was Irvin Kirshner going, do your Bond thing. Exactly. Uh, and then I said the only last thing I said about the uh, office scene uh, was his mouth doesn't move at one point when they're giving him dialogue. And it's really bad. Yeah, the the ADR. Yeah. Let's just discuss the ADR now. It, it just, is that's horrendous the one, in this like, film. Like, like it was bad as it is, but seeing him at one point, he's like walking around the satellite. And he's like, before he's like, you know how many stars there are, whatever the hell he's doing. He's clearly talking and he's like just walking around the satellite and his mouth is not moving. They just they didn't even try. And it, yeah, also during that scene, he says, watch your step, pouty mouth. Watch your step, pouty mouth. Stars are fragile stuff. So, do you know who this woman is? Um, in the scene that he, the secretary that he sleeps with while the uh, suds machine is going off. Yeah, who is that? That is Aunt Esther from the film UHF. Really? Yep. Uh, that is Sue Ann Langdon. Yep. When you go to her wiki. UHF, best known as Aunt Esther from UHF. That's insane. Yeah. She got on with Connery. That's dope. Everyone gets on with Connery. In this Man, movie. Connery is a, He's a player hound, in this hound dog, brother. He's. A, I was kind of like, so I, I really analyzed that. Like, okay, so like, not that it's like any better, but I was like, so I so Rhoda is just a girlfriend, not a wife. No. So it's kind of like, okay, he's not just like openly like cheating on his wife and just. But he's like, openly cheating on his girlfriend. Yeah. And so very is, supportive of him. Yeah. So it's just like really like, you know, you know kind of getting out of the way now. I, in, I'm in no way sympathetic of this Connery. At all. No, he is. He is our hero of this movie. And I do not like him. Yeah, he's just a sleazebag. He's like uh, hilarious at times. Like this, this sequence of like him escaping. <laughs> the office situation is hilarious. He kind of How jumps she, into she, the suds. Well, yeah, like, she uh, freaks out. But also, okay, it's this movie is is all bad actions by men. But I will say her action in that scene is not cool. She consensually slept with him in the scene. Like she was clearly turned on by his being such an asshole and mean, and she consensually slept with him. And then she like ends the scene by pretending that he he assaulted her. Mm. Not cool. Yeah. However, there's a shitload of actual assault in this film, so I'm not saying that her act her action it p- kind of pales in comparison uh, to all the other violence in this movie, but it's still not cool. Not cool. Yeah, yeah dude. Like I wouldn't want that to happen to me cool. if I was in that kind of situation. Exactly. Granted, I, I probably wouldn't be doing that kind of job and put myself in that exact situation. But you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. To get out of the uncomfortable talk now, did you fully expect him to jump into the bubbles and disappear? It, yes. <laughs> like Batman. I want I wanted them to- But like, like a magician. Yeah, yeah. I want him to be in, in the bubbles and then like someone goes to like tackle him and he's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where'd he where'd he go and he's like he shows up in like a bathtub somewhere he he travels via the sewer system or something 
just insanity, man. Oh my it was God. that was, but he, but this, but still, the escape is hilarious as it is because he, he just goes into the bubbles and just pushes the machines. Like, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, and just walks his way out. Which and, he, and he he had a lot of crazy escape scenes in this movie. On on that sequence as well, um, the. Uh, cleaning tank as it's begin as it begins to like over flood uh sounds like darth vader did you notice that oh yeah i had the But it's also like sex noises. And it was like opening and closing. Yeah, it's clearly like a you know a visual representation of sex. Yeah, just but pumping and, and an audio rep- representation of sex. But it sounds like Darth Vader having sex and, or jerking off or something. That's <laughs> the thing. I was like, what? I I was really like curious if he Connery curious if he, they actually were doing it because this seemed like she was like naked and he was in his full like carpet like jumpsuit still. Um, like it's the, gotta fly, Mario. It was zipped he all the can, way he, up. It's gotta fly. Yeah, but he never zipped it up. I don't know. I have to rewatch that sequence. I paid attention clearly. Okay. I was like, why okay. is he clothed? <laughs> I gotta tell this because it, every time I think of the word fly in regards to like a pant zipper. So I ordered a pair of underwear once, and um, it was it was like a a. This, it was a business that was like starting up, and they w- wanted people to try their underwear, and give feedback of it. And the pair that they sent me, or the one that I chose, I didn't realize that it didn't have a fly, but it was very very comfortable. <laughs> okay. And I was, but I had to give feedback on it, and I didn't know how to. I forgot. I completely forgot the word fly, and I like had. I don't remember what exactly I said, but I came. Ba- I didn't come. Um, but I, you know, I w- I basically stopped so short of saying like they're really great, but I just wish they had a dick hole. <laughs> like I I forget what I said, but it was basically that. And they said, "Oh, would you like a pair with a fly?" And I'm like, "Oh, fly." <laughs> oh, you hate these new commercial. It's like now with double the size dick holes <laughs> for for extra girth. <laughs> uh, are it's you like, tired of pulling down your pants every time you have to pee because your dick is too big? <laughs> Haynes knows. Fruit of the loom knows. <laughs> Excuse me, Mister. Your dick hole is open. It, it's the um. It's the the fruit of the loom commercial where they're all dressed as the fruit, right? <laughs> but now a new a new character comes in and it's eggplant. <laughs> now with bigger dick new, holes. Now with bigger eggs, <laughs> you could fit an eggplant through it. <laughs> uh. Also, I think that's the limit. Um, one should gauge their ears or nose or whatever holes that they gauge. Oh, yes. I think that's the limit. One should gauge it. Once you can fit a penis through it, you shouldn't go any bigger. <laughs> I thought you were going to say an eggplant. Because I know, I know people. 
<laughs> have eggplant-sized gauges. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, with that, once you can put a penis through it, you shouldn't go any bigger. <laughs> anyway, uh, not knocking anyone with beautiful gauges out there. Yes. Sometimes um, just sometimes enough enough sometimes. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got more. Oh, Roger Moore. Um, did I not? Okay, so there's a uh, when it comes to this scene in the office where they uh, of the company that supplies parts to build these space probes. It starts with the picture of the moon, and it's all up on the walls, right? All the stars and the moon and whatnot. Yeah. And Connery goes, "You mean this can is going to conquer all that?" And I just imagine that that when Irvin Irvin behind the camera in his brain just went, "Stop." <laughs> I wonder if you ever considered putting Connery in Star Wars. Now hear me out, George. For the sequel to your film, I think Sean Connery as Obi Wan two. Obi two. Obi two. <laughs> Honestly, him if he was like the bartender at the cantina or something, it would have been hilarious. And I am. I'm in the Christmas special. <laughs> you thought that was Roger Corman. It's me. <laughs> um, is that Roger Corman? I don't know. In the Christmas special? Look that I, I got I to gotta give, give that a googs. Roger Corman, Star Wars. Wait, what battle beyond the stars? What is this? Huh. Wow. Okay, well, we'll get into that. Uh, 1980 American space opera film produced by Roger Corman. That's not who I was thinking of. Anyway, write in and tell me who it was in, in the Star Wars Christmas special that was the bartender. Or was it B. Arthur? Was that the bartender? <laughs> B. Arthur? I think it was B. Arthur. Wait a second. All right, hold on. Star Wars Xmas special. Thanks for joining me on this episode of A Fine Madness. <laughs> B. Arthur as Akmina, Art, Car- <laughs> Art Carney as Traitor Son Dan, Harvey Corman. That's who it is. Okay, there we Harvey go. Harvey Corman as Krellman, Chef Gormanda, a Morphian instructor. Patty Maloney as Lumpy, Paul Gale as Itchy. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mario. Um, okay, what other uh, screenshots and notes have have you, have I? Uh, oh, this one here that I've got. Mr. Shillito, I've got a subpoena, Mr. Shillito. This is one of the lines of ADR. Punch that in. How about 300? The man is chasing him for the alimony, right? And he says, Mr. Shilato, I've got a subpoena. But before he has even finished that sentence, he is saying, Mr. Shilato. It, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The ADR in this film is nuts. What else you got, friend? Let's see. <clears throat> uh... I made a uh, a reference that's more of a local re- reference. 
the uh, diner uh, that Rhoda works at looks a lot like New York System Wieners in Providence. It does. I like the menu in the back. I'm like, that looks like New York System. Like, it's crazy. Let's go get a hot dog. Uh, yeah, I haven't had one of those in a while. It was so good. So good. Let's go get um, a hot dog. What's that? Let's go get a hot dog. Let's go get a hot dog. Let's anyway. see. <laughs> I, I also have, I don't have anything else up until the um the poetry reading, so I'll save my notes for then. Okay. Well, uh, I, my next screenshot here is from the poetry reading. Look at that woman's glasses. <laughs> they're insane. There's a lot insane. of they're like upside down. Like that's insane. Like yeah. that was like the, speaking the of glasses arms go down. Yeah, that's insane. Speaking uh, of glasses, there was that scientist guy at the end with a really <laughs> crazy. Like you flip them up, the flip up glasses. All right, let's talk about that scientist man. Um, do you know who that was? He looked very familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. That is somebody that Irvin Kirshner would call upon again in fourteen years. His name is Clive Revel. Uh, I guess I'll let me skip forward in my screenshots here because I've got. Okay, this this is Clive Revel. He looks like Matt Brown in 40 years. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Brown. <laughs> hey, Matt Brown. Hope you're listening, bud. Now, I think this is significant for a few reasons. We've got Clive Revel here as Dr. Mencken <clears throat> next to a chimpanzee, and then right below next to a skull with a set of fake eyes in it. Do you realize what these three elements are? What we have here in this scene? Or better yet, I'm going to present you with a little math problem. These three elements, how do they add up? Not a math problem. Uh, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say, Mario. These edibles are kicking it. Um... How do these three elements add up to the Empire Strikes Back? Is he the Emperor? Yep. Really? Yes. So, Clive Revel is the voice... Uh, it is a woman's face and the eyes of a chimpanzee. Those are the three elements that make up the emperor. Wait, they gave him chimp eyes? Yep. It's a woman's face in heavy makeup, or is it a chimp's face with woman's eyes? Look it up for me. Give it a googs, because I got these pulled up. You, you give it a googs. This, that's the original emperor from The Empire Strikes Back. So. The most terrifying one, way more terrifying than Palpatine, than um, uh, than uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine. Excuse me. Yeah. Ian, granted, I love Ian McDermott, and boy, does he is he he's genuinely so, terrifying. So. He's genuinely terrifying. But the emperor, the emperor from or the original release of Empire Strikes Back is nightmare material. Oh, so they didn't put. I I always assumed it was Ian. No. Um. Here, hold on. I'll I'll. I'll pull it up here. So, th so the Palpatine we see in Empire nowadays is not the same one. 
No. Do you do you know what I'm, to what I refer? This this is the emperor from. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So I remember that from the hologram. Okay. Yes. So it's a woman's face. A ch- chimpanzee eyes, and Clive Revel's voice. Oh, that is snap. like one of the most terrifying images. Like, tell me that is 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 less terrifying. That like. Yeah, for sure. Like, like Palpatine is uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine is creepy, but the original Emperor. Good lord. Oh, yeah, look at that clay picture on the left. Get a better look at it. Look at that. Yeah. They, yeah, they kind of went with the same design, but definitely what the eyes were a little less insane. Yeah, they they reduced the eyes, but good God, with those chimp eyes. That's fascinating, man. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But that's terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, so isn't that crazy that the three elements in this scene did add he, up to, did, did to he create s- the emperor? Did, did he see this and he was like, "This could work." <laughs> Irvin was watching. Like, I like this Clive guy. I think I'll keep him. He's got a creepy like, voice. So I'll keep. It's like, do we like, do we still have that oh. monkey from a scene that we shot in the lab? But we should take him and use his eyes. <laughs> To make us evil space lore. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just gonna bring it up that the podcast, the great podcast. Uh, I was there too. There is an episode with Clive Revel. Really, and it's a delightful episode, <laughs> um, because he's an older gentleman, and he is very dramatic, and a delight. To listen to. Very ASMR inducing. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have another Star Wars reference. Do it up. I'm sure there'll be many in this. The um, the the woman that shows up at the uh, when they're at the. What do you call it? Woman's what was that? Like a woman's club? I forgot what it was. The way he read the poetry. Oh yes, the the yeah the woman the woman's club. It's like a woman's club. Yeah, it's like it's like madcap or something. Uh, a a woman's group. A woman's group. Uh, I made it a was comment. Madcap. The, uh, <laughs> the uh the uh the, the large woman that we see at one point when she stands up, she's like, "I'm a mother too," or whatever. Yes, with the the veil going down to her nose. Yeah, like being held on by her nose. Yeah, but she I don't know why, but she gave me Bib Fortuna vibes. Yes, yes, and and Bib Fortuna from Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, that's what exactly the big yeah. one. That's what I, I was like. Big was like, Fortuna. Big big Fortuna. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, where am I? Go-? I was like, she looks like a creature from Star Wars, but what is it? I'm like, I don't want to say the obvious, like Jabba the Hutt, because that's mean. I'm like, you know yeah. what? No, better, fat Bib Fortuna, <laughs> better, <laughs> a little better. Uh, I love Bib Fortuna. Go from just being a general gross space lug to a, a you know, a, his weird, definitely pedophile assistant. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a weird one. 
with he's with trying R2. to like fuck R two. Yeah, yeah. We're always like doing the weird thing. Brush your hands. hair. Yes. Yeah. He's like, yes. Jabba no bata. <laughs> Biden Fortuna, and he goes down and like sniffs R 2s hair. <laughs> Biden Fortuna. <laughs> oh, that, I, I got to Photoshop Joe Biden on Bid Fortuna. <laughs> Bid Fortuna. Bid Fortuna. Um. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's yeah, my... there's uh, there's a couple of Star Wars notes here. Um, uh, at at twenty nine fifteen, there is an Ewok horn in the music. <laughs> when I th- I'm de- I think I have a screenshot of it here. When Rhoda is leaving the diner, and the di- uh, the owner of the diner is mad at her for doing that. Yeah, at twenty nine minutes in the movie. She she has to leave the, her job at the diner, and the boss is chasing after her. Forgive the ramble. <laughs> um, but the, a horn starts playing. The score is playing. But the horn is th- the Ewok horn from Return of the Jedi. What are you doing? Rhoda, where are you going? That was that was like the kind of music around NB. You know what it gave me vibes of? We talked about this last time off mic because you had gotten the Herbie collection. Yes, it's like a it's like a '60s Disney movie. It's yes, like, it really is. Just the, the, that kind of goofy music. They really want to lay on the comedy, which I mean, yeah, I ended up laughing. I thought it was a hilarious movie. But music like, by John Addison. Who well, we will see again in a bridge, or hear, excuse, excuse me, we will hear again in a bridge too far. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he do any Disney movies? Uh, or something like animated or like Kitty? Or... It's just the music's very reminiscent doesn't... of that to me. Oh, he does the music. He's the conductor of the music at Guns at Patazi, which we were suggested by one of our listeners. Oh. Um. No, it looks it looks like he he did a lot of music for adult sexy films. A Taste of Honey, Go to Blazes, Tom Jones, Girl with Green Eyes, The Loved One, The Uncle. That sounds gross. Uh The Honey Pot, Smashing Time. You know. Start the revolution without me. Brotherly love. Smashing time. And we going down a smashing time. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Yeah. all the factories down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, stuff that he's done the music on. Composer. Wow, 98 different composer but speaking of um sorry we don't need to go through all those continue speaking of rhoda uh leaving uh and going to go like help out island rhoda island right that's where she's going new york system wieners leaving uh, rhoda island um (laughs) i won't understand all your local providence references (laughs) i was there when benny's was there oh yes benny's the best store now it's just what family dollar or something bullshit. Yes. Or no dollar general. Or job lot. Well, I'll take an ocean state job lot any day. You know job lots on TikTok now? I believe it. You gotta do what you gotta do to survive as a business. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Ah yes, Mr. Lemon. 
<laughs> oh, you're God a Mr. Bless, Lemon guy? Bless the... Are you not a Mr. Lemon guy? What are you, a Delge guy? You like Delge, that bullshit with seeds? <laughs> Full of seeds and pulp? Who wants that in their lemony drink? I usually go for the watermelon flavor. They don't put any lemons in there. Okay, well, I don't want to choke to death. Have you ever had a Mr. Lemon? Oh, of course. Okay, well, they're only open on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays now because they're getting a little bit up in the ages. Well, that's the thing. That's why I go to Dell's. They're everywhere. Well, yes, but you know what, Mr. Lemon? Can't be beat. Dell's can suck a... F- a lemon. Fi- a fine madness. <laughs> nah, I'm Mr. Mr. Lemon all the way. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I don't remember. <laughs> I can rewind the podcast. Oh, Rhoda leaves the diner. When Rhoda <laughs> leaves the diner. I wrote... Um, you wrote a... I wrote, <laughs> I wrote a, a letter. Oh, the animal's sticking in. Um, I said, oh, get yourself a girl like Rhoda. Because she just is super supportive. A girl you can beat up all the time? Well... <laughs> That too. But no, like she just dropped like her shift to go help this fucking idiot that's like she fucked loves up. him so much. Yeah, like it's cause she can see how talented he is. And she believes him and like he's doing all this freaking gross shit and all that. It's like, man, it sucks. But I was like, get, get yourself a lady like Rhoda, because she is awesome. Yeah, she is a real very, very tolerant woman. <laughs> Clearly recognizes the, the absolute artistic genius that Shilato is capable of. And through through that, through, just through the commitment to the genius, we, you know, as a creative in a relationship, I can understand that when you just have so much faith in the creativity of the other person that you're willing to let other things um, overcome that. I don't know. Like you're willing to tolerate a lot because you know how talented the person is and, and how much, how worth it it is to get that talent out. You know, mm. like I'll tolerate the bullshit because I'm not, not me directly, but just like she'll tolerate the bullshit because she knows he is a genius poet and, they will be well off one day because of his poetry if she supports him because she has faith in him. Hmm. So, yeah, definitely get yourself a woman like Rhoda. And don't ever hit her. So. Don't even pretend to miss either. Just no. Be cool, man. It took me a little bit to realize it was a bit that he was doing. Yeah, I kind of noticed. I'm like, man, he's not landing any of these punches. So I'm like, maybe it's like a... Thank God. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, so like, yeah, I, I, I kept thinking, is it going <laughs> to, are they going to like sell this? Like, is this going to be a build and we're actually going to get a get a shot in? I thought they were going to use that as like a like device to kind of be like, oh, like where he realizes he's a piece of shit or something. Because he, he actually, because we kind of get that when she falls down the stairs. Oh, that was horrible. And so, and then the like, instant the instant flip where he's like, "Are you okay? Are you like, uh, sorry, continue." So yeah, I thought that was kind of a device to be like, "Oh hey, he's he's seeing his ways here," but they use it as like a weird bit at the end where he just like <laughs> lays one on her, and I was like, I remember just like nervously laughing because I was kind of like, 
that was so unexpected and like ridiculous. And she literally asks for it. Yeah. She, she literally asks him to punch her. Yeah, it's like, come on, give me one right here. And he does it. And he's like, he looks at his hand like, I was supposed to miss. It that was... was so weird. I, yeah, we're jumping ahead a bit. But yeah, that was the weirdest running bit and also way to end the movie. Like, but also, like, I have seen behavior like this in my life where it's like, I've never, I never saw physical abuse in my household growing up, thankfully. But that kind of behavior of like, I did something horrible to you, and then the instant afterwards, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But that doesn't change the fact that you're gonna do it again. Um, he he is an awful person. So like, let me let me just read. I I didn't notice this till like today when I was looking at like the poster. Cause you know me, I like to look at my posters. I like that poster. Yeah, but did you did you read the poster? I'm gonna read it no. to you. Read it to me. Is this so the it's, text it's, next to his? So leg? there, it's all over. So it's like it's him with, with all the girls kind of on him and stuff, and he's like running around yeah. like. Here, share your screen with me so I can see. Um, let's see. Let's see what, let me see the first one. Save, 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 save. So I can I can, I can zoom in on it and stuff. Because I'm just here on the wiki, and. Uh, all right can you see this i can all right sean connery loses his marbles over joanne woodward gene seberg and a few other lovely chicks in a fine madness we should all be so crazy and the next week's leg is any time any place any game samson shilato can outfox them all so it's it's advertised that he's a piece of shit. But also he's our hero. Like we should all be so crazy. Like he's supposed to be the one we're rooting for. Yeah, he's like, like look look at this lovable scamp. Like honestly, that's how this is played because this is the mindset of it. Like like <sighs> trigger warning, there is a an attempted rape in this movie and it's played for light. Mm. You know? It, it so my note on that is rape shtick rape shtick like uh, we'll get we'll get to it but yeah he's a bastard in this movie and i think that that poster is really kind of presenting it like he's our hero mm-hmm. cuz you're coming for connery hey hey <laughs> um but you're you're that's the draw to the movie you know what i mean that's why people are going to this movie to see connery mm it's it's kind it's kind of that like that Archie Bunker mentality or like um what's the other one uh from Married with Children Bundy or something like that Ted oh, yeah. Ed, Ed Al, Bundy Al, not Ted Bundy Ted Al Bundy. Bundy Al Bundy um it's that kind Ted, of like you know Ted Bundy Ted Bundy in a sitcom would be hilarious um I tell you that sitcom would just kill yeah. <laughs> kill and kill again um. But yeah, it's kind of like that, like Macho Man like, Randy th- Savage. This is Macho Man Randy Savage. Never hit a woman, yeah. Man, macho Man Dandelion. Dandelion. Yeah. Also, never hit a woman, <laughs> but more, but less women than you, because Macho Man Dandelion is a better man than Macho Man Randy Lion. Yeah. 
Slim yeah. do a Slim Jim. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely that kind of. Unfortunately, this is how like your your everyday guy was, just like that kind of like hopeless and trying to fuck woman and like you know beat him up and like get on and like try to survive and be like it's played very much as a lovable scamp yeah like oh he could be just you could you could be just like him guys it's okay like not like it's okay but he's a loser in this movie he is he wins with the amount of action that he gets but he's a loser like he can't pay his bills he's assaulting people all the time he can't hold a job yeah it's interesting seeing connery playing like a deliberate scumbag mm. as opposed to a villain like cuz he's supposed to be our hero in this movie you know he's he's our perspective character so we're we're going through his shoes mm. But yeah, Joanne Woodward as Rhoda was was great. She, um, I've got so I got some her. Leave, the, you leave him alone, you silly bitches. <laughs> you let go of him. <laughs> uh, and and then uh, I love the term she kept using, um, uh, fink, calling people fink. Mm. Um, and then this this uh, frame right here. Uh, he didn't recite a single poem. Everything he says is a poem. Mm. That is her dedication to him. Seriously. Yeah. So. I will say her accent got very confusing sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. Because, like, yeah, you're going for, like, that kind of, like, you know, that that Brooklyn accent, kind of, like, you know, oh, kind, of, kind of Jersey. It's very, like, oh, come on, Tom, like, all this, blah, blah, blah. But like then it would get like really weird and like like is she Eng- is she like British She's from Georgia from Georgia yeah it was oh something I was kind of like I, I I was thinking like is she like English trying to be American you know no I, I think she's George from Georgia trying to do a New York accent so I'm not sure hold on Joanne Woodward. Still alive, ninety three. Yeah, born in Georgia. Yeah, and South Carolina and Louisiana. So yeah, she's from the South. Interesting. Mm. Wow, married to Paul Newman. Really? Yeah. Wow, only married to Paul Newman. That's it. That's huh. insane. Wow, from 58 to 2008. Wow. 50 years. Damn. Uh, but yeah, she was great. And very funny. Mm. Um, what else do I have on, on her? Um, yeah, th- she says fink a lot, and that it gets ADR'd a lot mm. <laughs> um, as well. Um Okay. Uh, I made a note that Shilato feels like my dad. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got vi- very much vibes of my own father from him at points. Um, 
having had a a, fa- a pair of divorced parents that you know the father had to pay alimony. So, um. Anyway, um, flip me, the kid being flipped by by uh, Doctor <laughs> West. That was like a Spider Man flip. I was like, that was insane. Did that not take you back to your childhood though? It did. Yeah, just kind of flip me, flip me. And that flip was so cool. Like he puts his arms underneath, like he go puts his arms through his legs behind him, and the dad grabs the arms and flips him. Wow, I'd be afraid my arms would get ripped off. <laughs> and then the saddest thing is that the daughter comes up after his daddy flipped me, and he just like tussles her hair. Yeah, it's like you're a girl, you can't be flipped. Yeah. Uh. Um. I really like the intertwining of the plot. Mm. Where uh she turns on uh she turns on the TV, Rhoda turns on the TV at the gym, sees the doctor, it cuts to the doctor listening to the same television broadcast on the radio in his own home, and then um you see that the wife you see the family and that the wife is unhappy and whatnot. And then when you see the wife at the woman's group that as soon as i saw her there i'm like that's the plot intertwining this is really good Catch this the harp piece on Shazam at 22 minutes. I need to go in and get that. I'll find out what that is, if that's real or if that was just something that was being played on the day. Because mm. um, it was gorgeous. Um, and on the subject of the harpist, look at them eyebrows, son. Oh, his eyebrows are bananas. He is. He's just wearing a full mustache on his eyebrows. Um. Okay, what else we got? Uh, so, yeah, uh, she pleads with Dr. West to take Samson. That was heartbreaking. Mm. It's like, I've only cried. I haven't cried since I was three, and I'm crying right now. Please see, take my husband as a patient. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. I did like that whole sequence, though, of this them walking through the city Oh, yeah. And, like, just seeing all those, like, you know, different New York uh, staples just around there. And, like, he's just just trying. And, like, some okay ADR there, Mm. like, with the voice, you know, because obviously that's back then that was tough to to handle. You couldn't have, like, boom mics and stuff around, like, a busy city like that. Yeah. Uh, So I thought thought right there ADR was, was okay. And because you just want her to be able to help her husband so bad, you like really follow her through right. that. So you really, you just want Doc. Please just stop and take her. Just listen to her for a second, you know. Um. Yeah, that was a good scene. Um, my next screenshot here is from when Shilato breaks into his office. And uh, guess who walks in, man? This this blew my mind. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about that. You you cover that. So, uh, actor walks in by the name of Sorrel Book. Sorrel Book plays Leonard Tupperman. A uh, his wife is a patient at the office, and he barges in to see Connery there. Doctor West, he's not here. Uh, when's he expected? What time's your appointment? I don't have one yet. You don't have an appointment early in the morning when the office is closed mm. so connery is still at the office writing uh, dr west lets connery use his office overnight to write mm. which i thought was very kind <laughs> and sure enough this actor was uh sorrel brook boss hog from dukes of hazard this he looked like i didn't even i i, I see it, like him i see it now that i go back because like i saw it I'm like where was boss hog i didn't see him in the movie and he was he was Sorrel Book is a crazy actor, man. He could speak like a bunch of languages, like including Japanese. Really, and like he was a really good actor. So like he's, I think he's like English or something. I forget if he was English or not. Um, but very good actor. So Let's see. didn't he, didn't even know it was him. That was insane. Sorrel Book was an American actor. He was American. Okay. Yeah, born in New York. Okay. Best known as Boss Hog in Deuce of Hazard. Um, quick, quick note. Look at his uh, Wikipedia picture. <laughs> what is that? I don't know, but he looks like um, Eric Wareheim. <laughs> Tim and Eric. I want, I want that as an album cover. Right? Oh my gosh, that's really good. Um, my eyes are bugging out. Um, what else do we have? Uh. Wine swap. I uh, I loved that moment at the women's meeting where Connery is just getting absolutely oh, plastered, and he he runs out of wine, and so he just takes the wine next to him and swaps out the empty bottle. It was very Blues Brothers. Yes, like, like that dinner scene in Blues Brothers where they're just like making a making a ruckus, and it's so funny of like just like <laughs> I <laughs> I had a note somewhere. I made a daredevil joke because it seemed like his senses were getting better <laughs> because when he was drunk, he was like looking around and he could hear people like farting and stuff and like coughing and whatever. And it's like, he's like daredevil. He can just hear everything around him. Like what was in that wine? Uh, yeah. I saw, I noticed a little bit of the sound effects kicking in there as well. Yeah, like of random people, like showing that they're bored too, or something, and like. Oh, I liked, I liked that Every, the woman was falling asleep and whatnot. Oh yeah. He's not the only one bored as shit, and also as the piece is playing, there's like six times where it it resolves on the the keynote uh, uh, on the the key. Excuse me, the the root. Excuse me, I'm a musician. What's going on? It resolves on the root. And then it just does like a flourish and then kind of drips back down again. And you're like, oh, okay, it's over now. And then it flourishes again. And like it's it's almost like Zucker levels, uh, but not quite. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they say that the harp is like, all right, everyone, give uh, thank you very much, Mr. Jericho. And then I wanted him to sit back down on the harp and be, talk is Jericho, baby, <laughs> harp is me. Boy, I haven't listened to talk is Jericho in a long time. 
at at 26 minutes when he begins to uh, read his poetry, the Connery rap. I want I want to take that and set it to a beat. Uh, Punch that in here. What's wrong with a poem to mothers? I happen to be a mother. Briar, briar, limber lock, 12 geese in a flock. The old ones ride the young ones' backs. And they can't get over the chimney stacks. What's that supposed to mean? They may stop passing the buck to babies. It's nice hearing Connery rhyme. <clears throat> um, but yeah, when he's broken into the office here, I love when when Leon, uh, what's what's his name again? Leonard Tubman. Le- Leonard Tupperman. Leonard Tup- Tupperman. Uh, he comes into the office here. Do you have an appointment? I don't have one. You gotta have an appointment. <laughs> so quick. It's beautiful. Yeah, um, it's really solid. I really like the office. Mm. Uh, and then there's this shot of the office with the f- the papers littered all over the floor. And there, I believe, is an ashtray. Yeah, with all the cigars. At first, I thought it was like a bunch of sausages. I thought it was a tray of poop. <laughs> like little little dog poop or something. It was his poop. He's been in there so long, he didn't bother to use the bathroom. Because <laughs> there was broken glass all over it. He's like, well, I better poop on his plate then. And it's like it looks like there's like a brown smudge. Like it doesn't look like a design in the ashtray. I think it's, it's like I, I think it just I think it's just the ashes in me. Yeah. Um and then it, it's revealed that uh so Mr. Tupperman is there to find out why the therapy isn't going well for his wife and uh Shilato, having already pilfered all the documents, uh, gone through all the documents in Dr. West's office, shows him, "Oh, well your wife is cheating on you." And then <laughs> And then when Connery comes outside, the wife it's revealed that the wife is had slept with him, with Shilato. That was a great reveal, <laughs> which leads to this great line by the kid. I know who that was. He shampooed our carpets. <laughs> that was a great moment. So good. Um, my next note was Ewok horn. Um, <clears throat> am I wrong? I believed in the rock that John Mason said he wanted to be a poet. Say that again? In the rock? Yeah. I believe that John Mason says that he would rather have been a poet. Oh, that's right. Right? But it doesn't I don't think it would have gone that well for him. Mm. As indicated by this movie. That's true. Uh, uh, I want to cut any of those gym scenes with Rocky. <laughs> Um, when he assaults the officer of the law, uh, he is in the back of the gym, sleeping on the bench. The bench slide that he does is the coolest thing in the world. You know what I'm referring to? I think so. Do you have a screenshot for it? I don't have a screenshot. Oh, yes, the slide. <laughs> wow, so cool. You know, he just barely gets away. But, um, and then when he gets home, the amount of panic, you've finished Breaking Bad, right? Oh, yeah. This is the moment from Ozymandias where Walt breaks in and tries to, not breaks, he he arrives home after, you know, the Nazis have done their thing. And Junior's go, you killed Uncle Hank. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that just reminded me of that scene where he's just desperately trying to get her to pack up so they can leave. Hmm. What other notes have I? What other notes have you, my friend? Let's see. They're kind of um sporadic. I <laughs> I had a, a a note about um Doctor uh Doctor no. West. Um, there was that one scene where he like threatened him with karate when they're in the office. They're in the office still, right? Yes. He says he's, re- yes. he's really good at karate. He does like the Don Knotts classic karate pose where he just kind of does two chops like this. Yeah. He's like, I'm good at like if you watch any Don Knotts movie, <laughs> he always does that. It's like the, he did it. In, I remember he did it in Herbie goes <laughs> Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, that one. and he does he does that's his signature move, which is like he just snaps into position and when he's in a, when he's in a fight scene and it's hilarious so i just i, I did dr oliver west does a make a great don Knotts pose um now when he does that shilato backs off i does. think he reads he's like you actually probably do know karate you're a doctor you you probably spend time working on yourself you probably know karate mm. um and I had another door uh, note door hold this moment in between the bench slide and the coming back to the apartment. How mm-hmm. he gets the three dudes at the gym to just hold the door closed for him. And that was so funny. The newspaper. They're like, they, they're, they're like they do, we do this every fucking week. <laughs> right? <laughs> like... Oh, Samson. Um, and the score is really interesting in this movie. I wrote that the one point score heart, and then the, my ne- exact next note is now I don't like the score. Because it's kind of up and down. There's some really good moments of music in it, and then there's some really not great music. Mm. Um, and also that the doctor's office is like a Bond villain lair. Yes. With stuff on the walls and interesting um, bookcase designs and uh, like the the carpeted steps and that, that lighting on the wall. Look at that, that grated lighting. Yeah, it looked very... Uh, it, I mean, there was kind of an office in You Want to Live Twice that looked very similar, kind of with that yes. wood... Pan, like, that, that wood paneling. It's kind of it's a solid piece of wood on the wall there. Uh, and this is right between Thunderball and You Only Live Twice as mm. well. So, Same set, perhaps. <laughs> same, maybe same um, style, like uh, cultural architectural feel. Like maybe yeah. something that was in the architectural waters of the time. Yeah. Um. I really like yeah the 10 p.m. office scene. The first the first session is really good. Mm. Their their chemistry between Patrick O'Neill and Sean Connery is really good. They're good actors playing off. Yeah, I, I did like that scene of like, you know, and make sure you give me back my two hundred dollars. It's like it's hundred and ninety now. You just had your first this is session. Your first session. I, yeah. I love that line. You just had your first session. Uh, I really like. Uh, t- so so to continue the Tupperman story, he freaks out when he finds that his wife has been cheating on him, and it's like possibly due to a husband's lack of virility and he's like lack of virility and he he gets all angry and he tries to tear up the tape but he can't do it <laughs> and he just like starts stomping on it and then he has like a, a, a heart 
Yeah, like a heart and, attack. Like, not a heart attack, but like clearly an event where he needs to, to lay down. Mm. That was a funny sequence. <laughs> Just seeing a small man get upset that they're being called. Oh, weak. yeah. <laughs> it's very humorous. Um, that tape recorder was bananas, by the way, with like. Yeah, like the blue tape it, that you yeah, slide into it, had, it. But then it had like that weird microphone kind of thing. Yeah. Because I think he was listening to you. He was also talking into when he recorded earlier. So it's yeah. like, I've never seen one like that. It was very Did you weird. think that Tupperman was going to smash it? Something, yeah. I thought he was going to like destroy <laughs> the office or something and like make it like worse because like, you know, that would have been a good gag. I mean, he technically did leave it a mess still. With the papers on the on the floor, but I thought like he was. Well, gonna, that was Shilato. Yeah, but I thought I thought he was gonna make a, a mess or something, and this this destroy the office and go ham, and then they go out, and then <laughs> it gets identified that they they know each other, and then Connery's on that, the move again. That was so funny. It was when he gets to the car and realizes, oh no, I slept with her. <laughs> so funny yeah it's just like he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time for everything it's hilarious also that actress Zora Lampert is gorgeous Mm. this is this is she she is drop dead gorgeous absolutely stunning um yeah, very, very funny. And she's just bawling her eyes out. The whole scene yeah. is just her bawling her eyes out. And then just screaming when she realizes, oh, my God, it's him. Ugh. That was very funny. Need so, a drink of water here. You take over. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that whole, like, when, when, when they get to the uh, uh, the sort of institution towards the end... <clears throat> The Thunderball Spa? Yeah, the Thunderball Spa. Um, Shrublands, that's what it's called. Shrublands. That ripple bath scene (laughs) with the crazy Connery laugh and him like just doing The Sword of the Valiant laugh. Yeah, it was was really like a a younger Sword of Valiant laugh. Also 80 yard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it cuts in and out. (laughs) Wee! (laughs) Can we talk about that ripple tub? It was insane. Like how on fucking springs. Yeah, it's on spring. It's a hot tub on springs. And they were like, what? And they were like doing it and like like a mechanical bowl. Yeah, and she was like under the water and shit. And they were like supposedly doing it, but like also he was like just doing flips in the water, bouncing up like a, a fucking breaching dolphin. <laughs> so we <laughs> and spitting out the water. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely got a, a screenshot of that. Where is it? <laughs> and it's like shaped like a like a dog bone cookie cutter. Yeah. Or a penis cookie cutter. Yeah, it's like a penis it's a giant penis cookie cutter. <laughs> or Mickey Mouse. It could be Mickey and Mouse. Frankly, too many wires and electric dials next to it. Yeah, like look at all the buttons. Like th- that looks like the There's two wires on the tub. Like that was the vice that that like Sean Connery had to turn off in Doctor No, like on the right there. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like, like this him breaching is so funny. 
that that should be that should have been the, that should have been the scene uh, when they're taking the shower in Doctor No, and they go down. <laughs> this is where they go after to rinse off <laughs> to get the radiation off. Oh my god! <laughs> Still has some radiation left under the fingernails. Back in. Yeah, they put him into this different tub to get it off his. Like now, now jump around like a dolphin for ten uh, minutes. <laughs> oh my god! And and here when he turns it on, he like cranks a dial and then hits the machine. It's like the which, it's like Han Solo trying to turn the Falcon on. Yeah, or Fonz <laughs> turning on the the jukebox. So I was thinking to put music to this scene where he like di- he turns the dial and the music turns on, but it's like fuzzy and uh, you know kind of out of focus, and he hits the machine and the music comes in nice and clear. <laughs> it's like a jukebox. Exactly. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, uh, happy day. It's a perfect little like four second clip. You can put music to you it. You could absolutely. Um, oh, I, yeah, said, I don't uh, know if I'd want to go in that tub. Also, this shot makes it look like there's fucking stand mixers in the tub, yeah, like it's what? mixing dough. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you had this uh, screenshot. What's so fascinating? Nothing to rip about that. I was curious. I said I was curious too. Connery yep, curious. Connery curious. That's why I took this screenshot. I, I wish that he said curious in something because we need to have him actually say curious. Uh, I'm sure we'll get it in one of these films. We're we're bound to. I love this. Yes, the man's obviously not successful with women. <laughs> <laughs> then um, you cut to this. That should good... that should have been the cut. Like he's obviously not successful right. with women, and it cuts to him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's afterwards when Doctor yeah, I, I discovered I, I, that. I, I, which was before. Um. Uh, okay, what well, I've skipped ahead in my screenshots. Um. Yeah, the harpist was crazy. Also, she slaps at the harp. She's like, I guess I'm not very good at the harp. She fucking rocks. Yes, yeah, she's so good at the harp. Like playing eruption. <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts hot for teacher do it like banging on the sides of the of the harp and then like keeps the rhythm of the harp with one hand like the rhythm on the side with one hand and then with the other hand um i love uh dr freddie vorback i love his suit look at that fucking killer purple suit yeah very joker the purple flower very Joker, yeah, very Penguin. Yeah, Penguin too, yeah. Um, however, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. Yeah, he's a douche. This is the real. This is the most problematic guy in the movie. He is. Shilato's an asshole that hits women, but this guy is a fucking rapist. Yeah. Like he he straight up attempts to rape, uh, Lydia West, Doctor West's wife. Um, not cool at all. Not cool at all. Fuck that guy. Is this not the old style lobotomy? It's the Mencken technique. <laughs> so what alternative do you offer? Love? Understanding their fathers? <laughs> I like those lines. I, I should punch those in. Boop. This is not the old-style lobotomy. It's the Mencken technique. So what alternative do you offer? Love? <laughs> Understanding their fathers? These were destructive people. And years of wallowing in self-pity while you held their hands isn't going to make them any less so. Let's keep going with the wiki. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Have we covered everything that's... In yeah, the- I, f- I forgot about the wiki completely. It's might as well just run through the whole wiki. And yeah, could- let's finish it right out. Another doctor at the sanitarium, Dr. Mankin, Clive Revel, Matt Brown, 
is also interested in Samson, but for the purpose of experimenting on him with a new surgical technique to quell his violent temper. He persuades Rhoda to agree to the surgery by lying to her. Dr. West and the two colleagues vehemently oppose such a procedure as it is too close to a lobotomy to be safe. Dr. West's wife, Lydia, is is frustrated with their marriage. He is a popular TV guest for his pop psychiatric methods and views, and she sees very little of him. Eventually, she runs into Samson at the sanatorium. It says sanitarium earlier and sanatorium below. Anyway, what do you say, Metallica? Eventually, she runs into Samson at the sanatorium. Samson does not know she is married to Dr. West, but recalls her when she walked out of his women's club lecture. In his usual manner, Samson immediately seduces her, and the two have sex in the therapeutic bath. Mechanical bowl bath. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. West, looking for Samson, secretly sees them in the tub. When it comes time for the clinic senior staff to vote on allowing the surgical technique to be performed on on Samson, Dr. West, having seen Samson with his wife, changes his vote, enabling Dr. Mencken to go ahead. Lydia finds out about the surgery and rushes to stop it, but arrives just after it has been completed. When Samson awakes from the surgery, at at first his voice is so low and quiet he cannot be understood. As Dr. Mencken leans in to listen, Samson throws a punch that lands the doctor on the floor. The operation has had no effect, and Samson returns to New York. Rhoda quickly learns of his arrival and rushes to rejoin him. Samson has finally been served with a subpoena, so he must pay his ex-wife or go to jail. Rhoda prevents him from pummeling the civil servant until Lydia appears and pays him the amount owed. Lydia informs Samson she is leaving Dr. West and hints that she would like to be with her new lover, Samson. Apollo. Rhoda protests as Samson invites her to come live with them both. Lydia, disgusted by the idea, becomes hysterical and rushes out, presumably never to speak with Samson again. Rhoda pleads with Samson as he goes charging off down the street before informing him that she is pregnant. He accidentally punches her. Uh, I don't know how you can do that. And the movie ends with him fighting off an angry mob of indignant spectators. I just needed to make sure that I knew the correct definition of indignant, feeling or showing anger or annoyance at, as, at what is perceived as unfair treatment. <laughs> yes, it is, it is definitely perceived to be unfair that Connery hit Rhoda, but, you know, it's their bit. If you guys only knew, <laughs> it's okay that he hit a pregnant woman. He does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, he pretends to all the time. This time he just accidentally hit her. Anyway, which makes the stare fall so much more scary because she's pregnant. Oh, my God. Like, man. Yeah, that it's at that point where you can't sympathize with him anymore because he's pushed her down the stairs and and the immediate like, oh, no, have I hurt you kind of mentality is like that's a that's an abuser. Yeah, that's the behavior of an abuser. Absolutely. All right, let's 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 go through all our notes. What what else you got? Uh that's basically it, actually. I I I didn't take many notes because I just I don't know. It was a very bananas movie. Hmm. Yeah, I took a lot of notes just because of stuff I wanted to talk about and bits I think we could do. <laughs> you know, as always. <laughs> all right, so let's, this next screenshot I have here. Oh, my next note. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
the scene where the the cop and the the guy trying to serve the subpoena go into the apartment and Rhoda is there and she barks at them. <laughs> I really liked that bark. That was really funny. Where is he? Bark. Where is he? How the hell should I know? Where is he? Ah! Right now he's about halfway to Indiana and if you don't get out of here in about two seconds, I'm going to start screaming, Cop or no cop. You understand? One, two, three. Ah! In that scene, because as we said earlier, the weird layout of the apartment, the cop leans around the wall, right? And then I wanted you to lean around the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Like from college. Yes. <laughs> Classic um, Lima trick. <laughs> uh, that, the old Lima trick. All right. So my next note and screenshot is... Come on. Computer. Okay. You recognize this guy in the blue jacket? Yeah, he was in uh, The Godfather. Yes, yeah, Clemenza. Yes. Um, also, this very much feels like Honor Majesty's Secret Service when... Lazenby is being brought to see uh, his future yes. father-in-law. Um, yeah, cool glasses oh, on the, Matt Brown. The there. glasses. <laughs> uh, and then Clemenza driving. Uh, I'd be careful about sitting in that seat. Exactly. Uh, don't don't let him pull over to take a leak. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> take the gun. And, leave the cannoli. And it turns out, yeah, Clemenza is like on Matt Brown's side the whole time. He, like, knocks Shilato on the back, knocks him out so that he can be experimented on. Yeah. Um, uh, I took a picture of this because... So he sleeps with um, Colleen Dewhurst as Dr. Vera Kropotkin, right? Yeah. So I, I just took a screenshot of this because uh, it's Nictoporn. Oh, Nictopork, excuse me. Nictopork. <laughs> Nictopork. Nictopork. Um, just thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, he's sent to the Thunderball Spa. Uh, when Dr. West says to Lydia West, be a good girl. Oof. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, during the the curious line, that's eighty yard. The literally the word curious is eighty yard. Mm. Look at him in that red bathrobe. Oh, uh, I wish it was powder that, blue. Right, right. Well, you got to distinguish him from Bond somehow. True, true. Go the exact opposite color. Um, everyone just falls in love with him. Uh, it's, it's literally the Doctor No sequence. Like it's exactly. <laughs> Like the same deal, <laughs> right? You could have cut this into Thunderball, and you would think it's the part of the movie, right? We yeah, we could combine a lot of Thunderball with this. Uh, have have him be on that stretcher machine, and then just cuts back to any scene in this movie. <laughs> it's him on uh, like the little shaky thing. That it's him in the bath jumping around, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from one vibration to another. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, rock. <laughs> I just have this one line: rocking bath, ADR, nude. So we see Connery's nudism, pretty much in its entirety, except for his butt and his balls, mm-hmm. and his and his Johnson. Um. Uh, 
Dr. Freddy there in the purple suit touches an obviously steaming boiler. Yeah. He's like, ooh, what's this? Ow, ooh, I'm a doctor. Uh, you have a fever. But, <laughs> the only prescription is more cowbell. Th- th- this boiler tank has a fever. <laughs> um, okay, there's a moment where oh, uh, uh, this screenshot here. My book. They took it. My book. Another moment of ADR. Connery does not s- actually say that second. My book, but they ADR it in. It's like they copy and paste or something. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much, it's exactly the same audio, too, so I think it might be a copy and paste. Um, An American making love is like a Hungarian playing baseball? Yeah, I I, I, I try to analyze that, that too. Is that bad? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was bad or good. Let me me Google this. Are Hungarians good at baseball? What sports are Hungarians good at? Football, swimming, fencing, athletics, table tennis, weightlifting, and rowing. Mm. No, no baseball. So I guess is he saying that Americans are bad at sex? Anyway, and then he tries to rape her. So who gives a fuck what he's saying? Fuck that guy. Fuck him. Um. Anyway, there's a moment where Connery is on a on the bridge on the 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 bridge, and which bridge is he on? I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Let me just um, make sure. I don't want to get any New Yorkers angry. Yeah. Make sure sh- get that right. Yeah, I think that's the Brooklyn Bridge. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a moment where two cops. Uh, on either side one on either side and it's connery trapped on a bridge with with the enemy on either side no way out cuts to no time to die <laughs> grabs a rope and swings off the bridge <laughs> um, or it might be the williamsburg no it's got to be the yeah it's got to be the guy yeah, cuz it had the, like the bike path and stuff and that's like the that the, the, the manhattan bridge i think Hmm. That's like the, that's the bridge you see in every single movie. Well, New Yorkers out there, watch a fine madness. Write in, tell us what bridge that is. This is a very Please. New York movie. That's for yeah. sure. So much so that we could cut that with a first man with uh, not not the um, Spider Man. The next the next man the next man. That's no, true. We could have Connery flying over as Connery's on the bridge. <laughs> um. Uh, what else do we have? So after the operation, we see Connery lying down with the, you know, the pads over his eyes. I wanted, have you seen One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest? I have. I wanted the chief to come up and just smother him. <laughs> <laughs> just even, even though the operation didn't work, chief still comes up and smothers him to death with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and then busts down the wall and runs away. Oh it t- turns out it's an epidemic. He's been doing that for a while. He just kills, he just kills people at uh, sanitariums, then breaks out, and gets into another sanitarium, and kills again. <laughs> <laughs> the music at an hour thirty-eight when uh, Lydia is paying off his debt. There's just this dinging. Who do I make it out to? 
Beverly Shillitoe. Who's that? Shut up. I mean, it's not horribly annoying, but it's just like, why is this in the score? Okay, this uh, these screenshots here. Uh, Gary Busey from the set of Cats. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, let me go back to that. <laughs> this is where, I think this might be where the uh, Ewok horn is, but I just took a screenshot of this. Rhoda, you better take the uh, take the afternoon off. Come back tonight. <laughs> Keep on working. You do a twelve-hour uh, shift tonight. <laughs> but you better take the afternoon off. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I'm, I see you having a hard time. Wouldn't that suck if you're at a job, clearly having a hard day, and they're like, "Oh, I think you should take the rest of the day off. Come back tonight and finish." <laughs> <laughs> someone's got. Someone's got to close. It's not going to be me. <laughs> now I took some screenshots here. Because this is Jean Seberg, absolutely gorgeous. Now I had to looks, Google. She this. looks a little bit like um, from Austin Powers. Yes, that's why I brought this up. She looks exactly like Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. And I thought, is she Elizabeth Hurley's mother? Nope. Really? Not Elizabeth Hurley's mother. It's pity. Um, the, I don't know if it's a pity because Elizabeth Hurley's gorgeous and and Gene Seberg's gorgeous. No, I, so I, I, I know, but it, I don't think anybody lost out. Yeah, it'd be super cool that we just found that that they were related. It would have been cool. It would have been an interesting coincidence, but they look so alike; it's ridiculous. Uh, and then this was just a goofy screenshot. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Mrs. West. Um, I and then say another, another goofy screenshot. Um, the ending screen was interesting. I took a bunch of stills from the ending screen. <laughs> it's just a real interesting shot to end on of Connery, like doing Wolverine growls towards a crowd while Rhoda hangs on him. And that's literally the poster, which is funny because yeah, it's like. Yeah, but he's happier in the poster. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, so, yes, he asks. Lydia if she wants to move in with them uh, which is typical scumbag dude you mean after all the trouble I've caused I still get to have a three way and you move in with me and I have two girlfriends (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I really like a couple of times you don't mean that I mean everything granted I don't like the things to which he was agreeing to but it's still very like kind of sexy when he's like i mean everything <laughs> um uh when she re- when rhoda reveals that she's pregnant you hear the sound of a baby from one of the apartments oh yeah um and then yeah that punch holy shit what a way to end this movie not a good way to end this movie i did not like that at all oh no i've accidentally punched my pregnant girlfriend what a joke ha 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 oh boy Definitely a little darker of the comedies, I guess. Yeah. Okay, before we wrap this up, <clears throat> I kept uh, uh, included on the DVD was a feature called Mondo Connery. Did you watch this? No. Okay, it was only six minutes. And it's basically a promotional puff piece for the movie. And it shows 
some making of like it you know the typical puff piece for a movie it shows the making of and then the scene as it is finished you know what i mean mm. like it shows the finished scene and then the making of the scene intercut you know yeah so it decides to start off this puff piece by promotional piece whatever by showing the behind the scenes of Connery punching Rhoda at the end of the movie. Oh my god. That's how they're selling this movie. Um now I took some screenshots from this thing as well cuz it's actually interesting seeing some of the things behind the scenes of it. Um so here's a screenshot of the bridge moment. Here's Irvin Kershner right here. Um and there's the title card Mondo Connery. Um but it's basically just you know how awesome Connery is. He was he was in James Bond last year. Isn't that cool? Now he's gonna be in this goofy comedy. <laughs> um, they Joanne Woodward is his pugnacious pussycat, says the announcer. And then there's another one who said. Now, uh, Marone. Marone is a New York phrase that means fun. I said, no, Marone is Spanish for brown. <laughs> okay, and I think that is all the notes I have on this film. I had a couple of notes on the bonus feature there, Mondo Connery, which I covered. But, yeah, that's all my notes on the film, really. I, I took a lot of notes. I apologize. I feel like I've spent this whole podcast hogging the, the oh, mic. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, you, you had a lot of the same points I had, for sure. I feel like I had a lot to say about this one. Yeah, this was an interesting one. Very interesting. What did you think? Was it funny? Uh, it was. I, I really did try to watch it as as a comedy in the 60s. I, I, tr- I just tried yeah. to like understand why it was funny. And like yeah, I know like Connery's hilarious in it. Like just like yes. the little jesters and like just like little silly things. Yes, there's like really heavy stuff that's like really happening that wasn't that Quite heavy. Problematic stuff. Yeah, that wasn't like heavy to other people. So it's like you know, it is for you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, it was like it was fun. It was funny. Um, kind of dragged a little bit because I was really kind of getting confused because like that's the thing I was like we were sold this as a comedy drama romance last week mm. so going into it I was like it's a comedy drama like I, I, in my head when when he first meets the doctor I'm like all right this is gonna happen they're gonna he's gonna fix him I, I think it like, hit all those points of comedy drama romance yeah but no but I'm, it's a romance as in it's a partner that really just wants her love to survive but, it to- it's a but comedy. it just it's goes goofiness. way to bananas that second the last act when you when you get to the thunderball hospital or whatever yeah. it just and dr mankin it just gets crazy and there's like and there's chips and there's eyes and there's like we're gonna fix his brain and stuff and i was like this is what's gonna happen is how the movie ends i'm like thinking that the whole thing is like the they really sell that like you have you know two hundred dollars worth of sessions and they're going to show every single session to the last thing yeah i thought it was going to be a therapy drama as well yeah but then it just ended up going completely left field and what a fine madness it was and yeah fine madness but like yeah just insane and like 
You don't know like what's going to happen. He's like sleeping with all these women and like making out with these women and stuff. And it's kind of like there's no payoff there of like just him getting himself in trouble. Well, there's the payoff of Lydia falls in love with him and pays off his debt. But yeah. every every woman he sleeps with just gets him into more trouble. That's the payoff of it is like yeah. none of these encounters. We don't ever see him sleep with Rhoda. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. None of these encounters put him in a good spot. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it, it was not what I was expecting, but I, it is what it is. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. I, I thought I, 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 it was nice to see Connery doing something a little different. Mm. You know, a lot of the things we've been watching lately is him like, like be, being an eld, a wise elder, or like you know, being action star and all that, or a villainous elder, villain. And this one was very different because he's just being a, a. We've seen him be a sleaze bag before, but not a funny sleaze bag. And our protagonist, someone we want to get better. We he you hate him and you want him to become better. Yeah, but he though doesn't. not because because not through. A lobotomy. You want him to become better on of his own accord because he's capable of it. Precisely. You know? Yeah. So, but that is a couple more things I just wanted to um, say. Uh, if I, you know, we're gonna put you in the sanitarium so you don't have to go to jail. You have your time to write your book. If we can get my colleagues to go along, and then the camera pans over, and it's Doctor Mencken with. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey, uh, the chimp- chimpanzee, and the theremin is going. I really like how they gave him the theremin to just emphasize how weird he is. Yeah, the kind of Ooh. it's like my esteemed colleagues, and then it's like this. You mean this dude with a monkey that popped out the eye of the dummy? That was a pretty funny moment. I gotta say, when the eye popped out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then yeah, the the oh was that was that my only note was the oh um. What the operation? Did you think? Did you? It fooled me. I really thought that they lobotomized him. Yeah, I was like looking at the time. And I was like, all right, this is like wrapping up in a few minutes. Is this like, let's just fix him? But part in my head, I was like, I bet it didn't do anything, and he's just gonna go back to being the same. That what he kind of gets up. He's like, he's like mumbling, like this. He's like give me back my poem and he's back and he's like yeah. nothing fixed him and he's like tackling through people it was like daredevil he was like <laughs> just fighting in the hallway in the hospital one shot of just craziness um well samson shilato matt murdoch you know all the marvel superheroes have the the alliteration true the of names so this could, maybe this could have been daredevil mm could have been there Sean Connery as Daredevil. Hell yeah. I'll get you Wilson Fisk. <laughs> I'm slim. This is not your shitty. Uh, but I think we've covered everything. I we think, I think that, w- that was a fine madness. That was a fine madness. And yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like it could have been better. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been way worse. Well, let's discuss. But it could have been way better. Well, let's let's discuss. Let's, let's get to our final let's scores. Get to our scores. As you guys know, at the end of the show, we like to review the scores of the film, the score of the Connery, and of course of the SHs and the sexy rating. 
Yes, yes, of which I, I need to actually rate these things now oh, because right. I haven't written them down, but that's okay. You, you know, go you ahead know what? And, and You I know will... what? Don't write them down. I want it to come from the heart. Yeah. It's your turn. Well, you go first. So, uh, sexy. Let's start with the SH. SH. Uh, no, no SH. Uh, I think I, I mentioned before. It's kind of like it's a it's a it's a young Connery, but he's also attempting a Brooklyn accent. Mm. So it's kind of uh, an, a, a very uh, interesting Connery voice. But no S's, H's here. Zero. You giving it a zero? I think, I think a zero. I'm gonna give it a two. It's there. Yeah. All right. Sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So you gonna change it or? No, I think I'll I'll give it a one. Give it a one. Okay. All right. Sexy rating. Ooh, that hair looks ridiculous. Yes. Um uh you know, not really uh sexy attitude-wise than like how he really no. douchebag, but the women are beautiful in this movie. So the movie's sexy. We yes. got some beautiful ladies uh in this film. And he does look good in this movie. And, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. The hair doesn't look good, but he looks good. Yeah, this is definitely, you know, it's it's still like uh good era Connery. It's like he's starting to go out because it's like between, like you said, Thunderball and you learn twice. twice. So it's still like this is the main run Sean Connery as Bond because he, he does his last Bond after this before coming back mm. for Diamonds a few years later. And then Shalico. Uh, Shalico. Uh, so yeah, so I think we're still, we still got a good bond here. So like, I think I'll give sexiness all together. I guess I'll give it an eight. An eight? Eight. Okay. Because just because I, the, 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 the movie, I like to add the movie as well. Sexiness in the movie there. And like, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for seventies dresses and whatnot. Sixties. Sixties. Sorry. Sixties. 1966. So it, it would be peak in the middle of the sixties. So yeah, this, this is the most sixties thing ever. It looks like, like that office looks like Mad Men. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah. So. I'm going to give it a six okay. on the sexy scale because it, yeah, everyone's attractive in it. You know, it's very, it's a, it is a sex romp. But the um, problematic aspects of it bring it down a whole lot. Mm. Uh, I think Gene Sebring looks way better than Sean Connery in this film. Mm. I was crushing on her the whole movie. Um, but I, I think all the beautiful women can't lift it any higher than a six because Connery is attractive, but... Just such a bastard. Mm. Like, his treatment of women, and then also Dr. Freddy there. Dr. Freddy, bitch! <laughs> um, yeah. So, not very sexy comparatively. I mean, a six is still something, but I think it's just the vibe of the film that's sexy. Mm. And, the you know, the beautiful women in it. Yes. More, m- more than him. So... Alrighty, now shall we get into the ones that really matter? Yes. <clears throat> All right, film or Sean first? Uh, film first. All right, my friend, you want to go first? Uh, sure. What you giving it? Uh, so yeah, it was um, 
Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. The one rating I did write down was my sexy rating, and I gave it a five, oh. not a six. So I'm going to change that. So it's okay. a five. All right. To making our average a 6.5. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I, think f- I think five is better suited. Anyway, continue. All right, film rating. Right. What do you think? Film, so yeah, I thought it was uh, it was okay. It was you know funny, but yeah, I just had some issues there. Uh, but uh, it definitely was an interesting story of this, like... <laughs> him just just trying to finish this damn poem and he's running away from the cops and like in hilarious ways um but it's not it's not the best thing in the in the world uh i think i'm gonna give it like a i'm gonna give it a 6.5 6.5 i like that that's a good rating i think i will also give it a 6.5 okay i really liked the writer's block tortured artist storyline like, why did I have to be a poet? Like, it's it's kind of heartbreaking. It is. Um, it's it is an artist that is clearly mentally ill and refuses to get help. Boy, do I know what that feels like. Um, and the struggle to seek therapy or to admit that you need therapy and medication, these are huge things. Um, and then you know you cut to. Um, 57 years ago, that was an even bigger thing. You, know, you didn't you didn't admit that you need psychiatric help. That's not what a man does. You know, um, it's a very interesting premise for a film, and the the woman that cares about him so much and is giving everything that she possibly has to make sure he doesn't kill himself. That scene broke my heart. Yeah. When she's pleading to him. I haven't cried since I was three. And I'm I'm scared he's going to kill himself. That scene broke my heart. Mm. Um, so there were parts of it that really got to me. Um, the abuse against women really took a lot of points away from the film. Um. That being said, a lot of the jokes landed really well. I'm trying to find positives because the you know the the treatment of people in this film really takes a lot of points from it. But to focus on more positive stuff, there are a lot of really quality jokes in this film. Um, there were parts where I was laughing out the the, the madcap women's group was fucking hilarious. Was. That was a great great scene and how just it erupts into just violence and chaos but comedic violence where Rhoda comes in and she like is gonna break a bottle and fucking <laughs> hurt people with it like it's it was good so there was some really good comedic bits in there really subtle small bits that were really good um so yeah 6.5 for the film for me would you watch it again I think so yeah yeah just to kind of See a couple of key moments, just like I think the soap thing was funny, and yeah, um, and some of the characters were a little zany too, like the, the, the doctor, like you mentioned before, with the monkey and all that. Like it was, mm. uh, it was, it was fascinating at times. So I don't know if I'd watch the whole thing. It's a quick hour forty for this film, so it's like it wasn't too draining to watch, in my yeah. in my opinion. Uh, but I think so. Not in a long time though. No, I'd watch it again as well and and skip through it. Yeah, as well. I'd skip some of the more problematic parts, like that ending can just 
once once uh, Lydia comes in and pays off his debt, I'd be like, okay, movie's over. Movie's Shut over. that off. Yeah. Um, happy ending for everyone. <laughs> uh, are you gonna come live with us? Yep, she is. Click off. Done. <laughs> he gets a happy po- polyamorous ending. Dope. And the scumbag got everything he ever wanted. <laughs> uh, and never paid a dollar more of child support. Also makes me wonder what kind of life his ex-wife and kid are leading. Yeah. Alrighty, so our final rating, our most important rating. Our Sean rating. Mario, what are you giving? Such a... Our man, Sean Connery. A difficult task. A very difficult task. Because it's just... He's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit, but he's a he's good at playing one. Yes. So it's like, do I? Or is he good at being one? Yeah, that's the question. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, I've not changed my opinion. Is one of the most famous quotes ever. Yeah. Um, but women. But yeah, it, from this movie. But yeah, it's just it's very fascinating of how. Uh, you kind of see a little bit more of his range here, I suppose. Yeah, little... you do. He's he hasn't had a chance to be this comedic yet in anything we've seen. Yeah, I know. Maybe it, like Darby O'Gill. Darby O'Gill or looks on like the fiddle or something. Yeah, he, he's like singing and stuff and that. So we'll see how that. Hopefully, we'll see, we'll see if we get on the wheel. But yeah, it's it's very 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 different. And so I I, I don't want to like bury him because of how much of a piece of shit he is. It's like you got to read the script, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but just because slapping women isn't cool. Like, I, I want to give him an 8, but I might take him down to a 7.5. 7.5? 7. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to, to leave you hanging in tension. Can I Connor P? Do it. Before I give my Connor rank. I got a Connor for you too, actually. All right, let's do it. All righty, and we're back. Sorry about that. Cliffhanger, I was on the tip of my toes here. We're both back from our Connor peas. I'm going to give Connery, uh, I think, a seven. Ooh. Seven feels comfortable. He pulls off comedy very well. He is his delivery is great. His presence is undeniable. Like you just you want him in the scenes even though you hate him, even though his character is fucking awful. Like Samson Shilato is not a good character and I but I was rooting for him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because he's played by such a goddamn charismatic actor and because myself as a creative I just wanted him to be able to seek the mental help that he needed and recognize that he needed it. I wanted him to overcome this fine madness. I wanted him to get better. I wanted him to publish his poem. You know, I wanted it all to work out for him. You know, as a creative, you can understand you start a project, you just want it to be finished. Exactly. And that's all he wanted. And I just, I wanted that for him. So... Seven, because he's really good in the role. He's clearly committed to the role. He's clearly having fun not being James Bond for a little bit um, because this is the period where he's doing other stuff. He did Marnie, Woman of Straw, The Hill, and then he came back for Thunderball. 
then find madness. So it was kind of like he had a little break, excuse me, and then had to go back to the job he didn't really love. And now he's back on summer break again before he's got to go back to the job he doesn't love and go to Japan and have photos taken of him as he's taking a shit. (laughs) Um, But the punching can't be excused. Um, the treating Rhoda like absolute garbage for the character can't be excused. So I think that's why, you know what? I'm going to up it to 7.5 as well. I'm going to match you. All right. Because I think for the, the woman's group scene is really damn good. You just really see his desperation to get across to these people. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be there, but he's like, he he his need as an artist shines through in that scene his his Sean Connery's need as an artist to be seen and validated and respected shines through in that scene of Samson Shilito as a poet needing to be heard and respected you know mm-hmm. so yeah 7.5 i'll, I'll match you He's okay. he's good in this. Samson Shilato is not a good character, but when you want him to succeed, that's the actor doing a damn good job. All right. All righty. I, th- I think that wraps up our ratings. That wraps up that. So you know what that means, though. What does that mean, Mario? I think it's time for us to go take a look at the Wheel of Curiosity. Oh, fuck my butt. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Um, whose turn is it to spin? Uh, it'd be you, technically, because I clicked last time. We were together, I believe, and I clicked. Okay. Well, I guess I'll share my screen here. Oh, boy. For those of you at home, this is the time every week where we go over to the website Wheel of Names, where we have created a file called the Wheel of Curiosities. And on that is the filmography of Sir Sean Connery. And each week, that list gets one film shorter. Oh, boy, I'm excited. I don't even want to spin it. Every time, every time, I'm like, let's not spin it. Let's just wait an hour. Let's just talk more. All righty. Oh, my God. I'm shuffling, shuffling, shuffling. Can you see it? I can see it. Okay. I think it's time, Mara. You think it's time? I think it's time. To spin the... Wheel of Curiosity. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Woman of Straw. Woman of Straw. Another theme song movie. An- another theme song movie. Which, all right, what have we got? What have we got down? No Zardoz, no Last Crusade. No, You Only Live Twice. No, The Anderson Tapes. Murder on the Orient Express, Woman of Straw, Good Man in Africa. So third. It's our man, third one. We're sticking in the 60s, man. Woman of Straw is our next one. What what do we got here? Where is Woman of Straw? 1964, so we're going a little bit back in time. Between Goldfinger and Thunderball this time. Yeah. All righty. Woman of Straw. 
directed by Basil Dearden. <laughs> Basil. All right, it's a crime thriller. Okay, okay, okay. He looks just like James Bond in this movie. He's, he wears a white tuxedo. Oh shit! Okay, all right. Well, they, wanna, they had to have been playing off his image at the time. They had to wanna, have been. I don't even want to see anything else. I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, we can't can't dive in any more to this. So our next film is 1964's Woman of Straw. Again, I feel like I want to spin the wheel again. <laughs> why? I don't know why. I'm like, I feel like we could get a better one. But Woman of Straw, it is. Are you happy with that one? Or should we? Yeah, I'm okay. happy with it. Okay. Why not? Well, I feel like we've spent a lot of time. No, we didn't. We just spent a lot of time in the '90s too. So. Yeah. So it's like I think I think it's good. Get the '60s out of the way, and then here we can get back to that. That 50s, 59, Darby O'Gill, Little <laughs> out, People. Out of curiosity, Connery curiosity, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have nine more films from the 60s to go. Ooh. Uh, On the Fiddle, Frightened City, From Russia with Love, Marnie, Thunderball, Un Monde Nouveau, You Only Live Twice, Bowler in the Bonnet, Red Tent. Ooh. Hmm. Almost, almost done with that era. We should have like a celebration when we finish like a. a no, a we're not almost done. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five. So uh, four. We so we've watched four from the sixties. We're not almost yeah. done. Oh, uh, five. Well, cool. Yeah, no, five from the sixties. So eight, we'll get six. There. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. We watched six from the sixties. We have. Ten to go. Oh my god! So he did sixteen films in the sixties. That's not bad. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Either way, I'm sorry. I just got carried away with numbers. Uh All right. Well, I'm looking forward to watching Woman of S- Straw. Me I know too, a good man. man in Africa. Don't we all? All right. So let's see where this is available, as w- as we always do. Let the people know. Uh, I'm pulling up Just Watch right now here. Woman of Straw. It is on Vudu or DirecTV. Oh. Yeah. But as always, we suggest go support your local library. Of course. That's the first option. Ah, alrighty. Even the poster is sporting like a martini and a, a white tuxedo. Yeah, he is. Holy shit. Huh. I like this poster. That's a nice poster. Yeah. Though I will it's say it doesn't font. really look like Connery. I think so. Uh, That's definitely a Doctor No. Oh like, yeah, okay, it does. Yeah, promo shot or something. Mm. I'm looking I'm, forward to this one. Me too, man. I like this art too. Oh, yeah, mm. I love the I love the hand drawn stuff. My favorite. But, All okay, righty. Man. Well, that was a fine madness directed by Irvin Kirshner. I can't wait to watch the second film Connery did with Kirshner. Hmm. Never say never again. It'll it'll come soon. I feel it. We've been away from Bond for a little bit. Maybe Bond will come back soon. James Bond will return. Not, not that long. Four episodes. Still, right. four, yeah, four, four is still a while since we hit a Bond. Well, we had said this before because Goldfinger was thirteen, Doctor No was seventeen, and if it kept up the the rate of every four. Then it, we'd be done with the bonds too quickly. We'd be True. spent, you know. True. 
So we'd, we'd, we, I, I mean, hopefully we don't get another Bond for like six or seven movies. Hmm. Not, not that I don't want to watch one, but right. just so we don't blow our Bond load. <laughs> blow our Bond. That's what he's, I'm about to blow my Bond load. <laughs> wow, you were the sexiest spy ever up until then. Right. Uh, now Johnny English is the sexiest spy. Yes. I love those movies. I, I didn't realize he, he drives Timothy Dalton's van. Uh, van. van. <laughs> Timothy Dalton's van. Timothy Dalton's Come, V8. kiddies, I have, I have uh, candy. He drives the Aston Martin from uh, uh, Living Dalton Eyes. era. Yeah, like the one with the skis on it, but it's like yeah. bright red and obnoxious. Huh. Kind of ruins it for me. But I was like, oh, it's kind of fun because Rowan Atkins is a huge like car fanatic. Mm. But it was just like really ugly color red. I was like, why? Why would you ruin a beautiful car like that? I but, haven't watched the first. I only saw the first one, but I haven't watched it in. Oh, me and twenty my, me years. And my, me and my wife did a marathon of them, and we're like, ah, the 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 first one isn't as, as exciting as I remember. There's a lot more going on in the second and third one. There's three of them? There's three. There's a third one that like, did horribly. Johnny but... English Reborn, Johnny English Strikes Again. Yeah. Huh. I think I think the third one, he he teaches at like a spy school. With Olga Kirilenko. Yeah. From uh, from uh, Quantum Solace. Yeah, she's in it, yeah. So she, gets, she, she, she played a Bond girl twice. Huh. It's like it's it's not and, bad. With Johnny English was written by Purvis and Wade. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> huh. Yeah, man. I suggest yeah, try try watch it. Like you don't have to watch the second one really. Watch the third one and let me know what you think about it. Whoa! Wait a second. The in the second one, there's an agent named Titus Fisher. Um, but also, uh, in the second one is Dom, the actor Dominic West, who uh, uh, he played Jigsaw in um, Punisher Warzone. But also, on the Eminem album Relapse, he is a voice cameo as a doctor, Dr. West. Really? On that album, yeah. Here we go, right here. First one on the album, Dr. West skit performed by Dominic West and Marshall Mathers. That's insane. Yeah. And he basically is like a, you know, a, a a kind psychiatrist that eventually becomes an evil one, that's just trying to pour pills down Marshall's throat, crazy, and lobotomize him. <laughs> Not Doctor Mink. Anyway, I'm just a rambling fool because I like doing this podcast and I don't like stopping it. <laughs> oh, I feel you, man. I feel you. I've had a good time this week, Mario. How about yourself? I had a phenomenal time, Dylan. This was a lot of fun. I had a fine madness. I had a, I had a, I had a decent madness. Yeah, I had a relatively okay madness. It was okay. Hmm. It wasn't as fine as it claimed to be. Not as fine. Yeah. But would you recommend a fine madness to a friend? I I would say no, because of all the hitting of women. I probably would just be like, you want to see Connery like kind of in a funny movie? Like, check this out. It's interesting. I would say I, I would say if you're a Connery fan, yeah, like 
like some of my buddies who like are into like some Connery stuff. I'm like, if you ever seen this, check this out. It'll mm. blow your mind, but maybe not in a good way. It'll knock you out. But not in a good way. Oh my god. Is there yeah. a good way to be knocked out? I don't know. I don't know if I could recommend this to anyone. Yeah. Unless this turns out to be the only straight up comedy from Connery. I, I think, think there's more. I think I think Darby and Gill is funny. So yeah. we shall see. So we shall see. So guys, as always, <laughs> thanks for listening in. Sean Connery will return in Woman of Straw. Oh. Yeah. So until then, I've been Mario Lima. And I've been Dylan Titus. And as always, folks, stay curious. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggeners Media Podcast. Follow us on social media for updates, memes, and clips. Find us on Twitter at CuriousPod007 and on Instagram at Connery Curious. You can also visit Titus Compositions at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. For more discussion and content about your favorite films, comics, games, and a network for all things nerdy, visit Friggin' Nerds Media on Twitter, at Friggin' Nerds. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach the other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us, and have a great day, but also, remember, stay curious. Come on! She's outside in the car! You tell her everything you heard, Swinburne. No, I don't want to get involved. Oh, please, please. I'll do you a favor someday. Look, I'm in real estate. You need an apartment? I need a room to work in, but I gotta have it today. Done! Come on. We'll throw her mother out. You can have her room. <laughs> <laughs>